Section 14 of A Book of Sibyls by Anne Thackeray Ritchie. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Edgeworth, Part 7. When Mr. Edgeworth himself died, not, as we may be sure, without many active post-mortem wishes and directions, he left his entertaining memoirs half-finished, and he desired his daughter Maria, in the most emphatic way, to complete them, and to publish them without changing or altering anything that he had written. People reading them were surprised by the contents. Many blamed Miss Edgeworth for making them public, not knowing how solemn and binding these dying commands of her father's had been says miss ledbetter writing at the time to mrs trench many severe and wounding reviews appeared and this may have influenced miss edgeworth in her own objection to having her memoirs published by her family mr edgeworth's life was most extraordinary comprising in fact three or four lives in the place of that one usually allowed to most people some of us having to be moderately content with a half or three-quarters of existence. But his versatility of mind was no less remarkable than his tenacity of purpose and strength of affection, though some measure of sentiment must certainly have been wanting, and his fourth marriage must have taken most people by surprise. The writer once expressed her surprise at the extraordinary influence that Mr. Edgeworth seems to have had over women, and over the many members of his family who continue to reside in his home after all the various changes which had taken place there. Lady S., to whom she spoke, is one who has seen more of life than most of us, who has for years carried help to the faraway and mysterious East but whose natural place is at home in the more prosperous and unattainable west end this lady said you do not in the least understand what my uncle edgeworth was i never knew anything like him brilliant full of energy and charm he was something quite extraordinary and irresistible if you had known him you would not have wondered at anything i had in the spring of that year seventeen ninety seven paid my first visit to edgeworth town with my mother and sister writes miss beaufort afterwards mrs edgeworth the author of the memoirs my father had long before been there and had frequently met mr edgeworth at mrs ruxton's in seventeen ninety five my father was presented to the living of colin in the county of louth where he resided from that time his vicarage was within five minutes walk of the residence of mr foster then speaker of the first irish house of commons the dear friend of mr edgeworth who came to colin in the spring of seventeen ninety eight several times and at last offered me his hand which i accepted maria who was at first very much opposed to the match would not have been herself the most devoted and faithful of daughters if she had not eventually agreed to her father's wishes and as daughters do come by degrees to feel with him and to see with his eyes the influence of a father over a daughter where real sympathy exists is one of the very deepest and strongest that can be imagined miss beaufort herself seems also to have had some special attraction for maria she was about her own age she must have been a person of singularly sweet character and gentle liberality of mind you will come into a new family but you will not come as a stranger dear miss beaufort wretched generous maria 
you will not lead a new life but only continue to lead the life you have been used to in your own happy cultivated family and her stepmother in a few feeling words describes all that maria was to her from the very first when she came as a bride to the home where the sisters and the children of the lately lost wife were all assembled to meet her it gives an unpleasant thrill to read of the newly married lady coming along to her home in a post-chaise and seeing something odd on the side of the road look to the other side don't look at it says mr edgeworth and when they had passed he tells his bride that it was the body of a man hung by the rebels between the shafts of a car the family at edgeworth town consisted of two ladies sisters of the late mrs edgeworth who made it their home and of maria the last of the first family lovell now the eldest son was away but there were also four daughters and three sons at home all agreed in making me feel at once at home and part of the family all received me with the most unaffected cordiality but for maria it was something more she more than fulfilled the promise of her letter she made me at once her most intimate friend and in every trifle of the day treated me with the most generous confidence those times were even more serious than they are now we hear of mr bond the high sheriff paying a pale visit to edgeworth town i am going on in the old way writing stories says maria edgeworth writing in seventeen ninety eight i cannot be a captain of dragoons and sitting with my hands before me would not make any one of us one degree safer simple susan went to foxhall a few days ago for lady anne to carry her to england my father has made our little room so nice for us she continues they are all fresh painted and papered oh rebels oh french spare them we have never injured you and all we wish is to see everybody as happy as ourselves on august twenty ninth we find from miss edgeworth's letter to her cousin that the french have got to castle bar the lord lieutenant is now at athlone and it is supposed it will be their next object of attack my father's corps of yeomanry are extremely attached to him and seem fully in earnest but alas by some strange negligence their arms have not yet arrived from dublin we who are so near the scene of action cannot by any means discover what number of the french actually landed some say eight hundred some eighteen hundred some eighteen thousand the family had a narrow escape that day for two officers who were in charge of some ammunition offered to take them under their protection as far as longford mr edgeworth most fortunately detained them half an hour afterwards as we were quietly sitting in the portico we heard as we thought close to us the report of a pistol or a clap of thunder which shook the house the officer soon after returned almost speechless he could hardly explain what had happened the ammunition cart containing nearly three barrels of gunpowder took fire and burnt halfway on the road to longford the man who drove the cart was blown to atoms nothing of him could be found two of the horses were killed others were blown to pieces and their limbs scattered to a distance the head and body of a man were found a hundred and twenty yards from the spot 
if we had gone with this ammunition cart we must have been killed an hour or two afterwards we were obliged to fly from edgeworth town the pikemen three hundred in number were within a mile of the town my mother and charlotte and i rode past the trunk of the dead man bloody limbs of horses and two dead horses by the help of men who pulled on our steeds all safely lodged now in mrs fallon's inn before we had reached the place where the cart had been blown up says mrs edgeworth mr edgeworth suddenly recollected that he had left on the table in his study a list of the yeomanry corps which he feared might endanger the poor fellows and their families if it fell into the hands of the rebels he galloped back for it it was at the hazard of his life but the rebels had not yet appeared he burned the paper and rejoined us safely the memoirs give a most interesting and spirited account of the next few days the rebels spared mr edgeworth's house although they broke into it after a time the family were told that all was safe for their return and the account of their coming home as it is given in the second volume of mr edgeworth's life by his daughter is a model of style and admirable description in seventeen ninety nine mr edgeworth came into parliament for the borough of st johnstown he was a unionist by conviction but he did not think the times were yet ripe for the union and he therefore voted against it in some of his letters to dr darwin written at this time he says that he was offered three thousand guineas for his seat for the few remaining weeks of the session which needless to say he refused not thinking it well as he says to quarrel with myself he also adds that maria continues writing for children under the persuasion that she cannot be more serviceably employed and he sends with his usual perspicuity affectionate messages to the doctor's good amiable lady and his giant brood but this long friendly correspondence was coming to an end the doctor's letters so quietly humorous and to the point mr edgeworth's answers with all their characteristic and lively variety were nearly at an end it was in eighteen hundred that maria had achieved her great success and published castle rackrent a book not for children this time which made everybody talk who read and those read who had only talked before this work was published anonymously and so great was its reputation that someone was at the pains to copy out the whole of the story with erasures and different signs of authenticity and assume the authorship one very distinctive mark of maria edgeworth's mind is the honest candor and genuine critical faculty which is hers her appreciation of her own work and that of others is unaffected and really discriminating whether it is corinne or a simple story which she is reading or scott's new novel the pirate or one of her own manuscripts which she estimates justly and reasonably i have read corinne with my father and i like it better than he does in one word i am dazzled by the genius provoked by the absurdities and in admiration of the taste and critical judgment of italian literature displayed throughout the whole work but i will not dilate upon it in a letter i could talk for three hours to you and my aunt elsewhere she speaks with the warmest admiration of a simple story 
jane austen's books were not yet published but another writer for whom mr edgeworth and his daughter had a very great regard and admiration was mrs barbold who in all the heavy trials and sorrows of her later life found no little help and comfort in the friendship and constancy of maria edgeworth mr and mrs barbold upon mr edgeworth's invitation paid him a visit at clifton where he was again staying in seventeen ninety nine and where the last mrs edgeworth's eldest child was born there is a little anecdote of domestic life at this time in the memoirs which gives one a glimpse not of an authoress but of a very sympathizing and impressionable person maria took her little sister to bring down to her father but when she had descended a few steps a panic seized her and she was afraid to go either backwards or forwards she sat down on the stairs afraid she should drop the child afraid that its head would come off and afraid that her father would find her sitting there and laugh at her till seeing the footman passing she called samuel in a terrified voice and made him walk before her backwards down the stairs till she safely reached the sitting-room for all these younger children maria seems to have had a most tender and motherly regard as indeed for all her young brothers and sisters of the different families many of them were the heroines of her various stories and few heroines are more charming than some of miss edgeworth's rosamond is said by some to have been maria herself impulsive warm-hearted timid and yet full of spirit and animation in his last letter to mr edgeworth dr darwin writes kindly of the authoress and sends her a message the letter is dated april seventeenth eighteen o two i am glad to find you still amuse yourself with mechanism in spite of the troubles of ireland and the doctor goes on to ask his friend to come and pay a visit to the priory and describes the pleasant house with the garden the ponds full of fish the deep umbrageous valley with the talkative stream running down it and darby tower in the distance the letter so kind so playful in its tone was never finished dr darwin was writing as he was seized with what seemed a fainting fit and he died within an hour miss edgeworth writes of the shock her father felt when the sad news reached him a shock she says which must in some degree be experienced by every person who reads this letter of dr darwin's no wonder this generous outspoken man was esteemed in his own time to us in ours it has been given still more to know the noble son of that giant brood whose name will be loved and held in honour as long as people live to honour nobleness simplicity and genius those things which give life to life itself. End of section 14